Matt, what is your best experience so far in education? Easy, mate. Must be last year when I was out in South Africa teaching as an international volunteer. Learned so much about myself, both personally and professionally. And to be honest with you, I can't wait to go out and do it again, but this time somewhere new. Well, that's ideal. I might have something right up your street, mate. I know a charity called Learn, Achieve, Become, and they've got some class projects over in Madagascar, Kenya and Central America, and they look to provide free education to children who need it most. Sounds absolutely perfect, mate. Where can I sign up? Well, firstly, go and check out their website at www.learnachievebecome.org and you can get all the information on there about their projects that they've got ongoing right now and also how to become a volunteer as well. Perfect. And where can I find them on Instagram? At learn underscore achieve underscore become. And make sure you're following at the Teachers of Tomorrow so we can guide you in the right direction if you want to become a volunteer. Hey guys, and welcome back to the latest Teachers of Tomorrow podcast episode with your co-host, Matt, soon to be Mr. Aldrin. And your co-host, Sam, soon to be Mr. Gregory. And we are here to share our journey, experiences and views on all things education. Yes, listeners, welcome back to another Teach of Tomorrow podcast episode. And for this week's episode, we're delighted to say we're joined by Lois Joe, otherwise known as to most people as the display lady on Instagram. She's waving if you can't see, but she is <laughs> waving, I can assure you. It's a podcast. Yeah, yeah. It's not, it's, it's <laughs> not right. going it's on right. YouTube or anything like that. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to interrupt. <laughs> no, exactly. She is here. Um, delighted to have her on. Um, so, you know, Lois, thanks for coming on. Uh, first of all, just introduce yourself to, to the listeners, just in case people don't know who you are. Uh, no problem. Hello, everyone. I'm Lois Jowett, and I am the display lady, a.k.a. Um, <laughs> I'm also a class teacher and phase leader and assistant head and in charge of assessment, the excitement. I can sense it's palpitating, I know. Um, but yeah, so that's me. It's a busy, <laughs> I've been teaching that's a 10 list. years. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you got to jump. Well, I can imagine you would have been teaching a while if that's the that's the level of responsibility you found yourself in now i mean assistant yeah, I'm entrenched head, now. <laughs> oh and you, sle for reading i forgot about that i should mention <laughs> these are too many responsibilities for me i'm just literally working my way to dealing with a class and making and sure i can teach in maths and literacy this so, is the career we have chosen Matty. and we're not getting we're not getting that far mate don't let's not get ahead yourself. of ourselves <laughs> you will i've got every faith in you both <laughs> well, that's good that's good you've only spoken for ambition. a short amount of time <laughs> um lois you know great to have you on like i say we're we're obviously going to be talking about about your career in a bit more detail uh your teaching background of course we're going to be talking about the wonderful instagram account that you have created um which you can find guys on atlas display lady uh on instagram if not you probably are already following there um <laughs> she's got many many followers um and yeah you know we're just gonna have a really nice conversation about some advice for for training teachers you know moving into their own classroom i feel like create creative wise there's gonna be a lot of good information i know that you know it sounds trivial but setting your classroom up um your own classroom for the first time you know creating displays creating working walls things like this is something that I have could spoken not think to Sam about. Could yeah. not think of anything worse, Days mate. Ever. <laughs> so there you go. See, this is why we've got you on. So you've got different different sides of the story. So <laughs> hopefully for, for many of our trainee teacher 
listeners, this would be really good insight into um, and some really good advice into how to create your your learning environment for our children, hopefully. So, um, yeah, you know, let's get straight into the questions. Talking about your teaching background, you mentioned you've been teaching for 10 years. Uh, you're obviously a assistant head now and phase leader, but just take us on a little journey from where it began to where you are now. Uh, so I first wanted to become a teacher because of uh, two of my own teachers, as it turns out. Um, we're quite an inspiring bunch of teachers, I think. So, uh <laughs> Yeah, it's always a sort of a teacher inspiration moment, and they were my two. So I decided I wanted to become a teacher. Um, trotted off to university, but I did. Uh, I did actually did an English degree. I didn't do a teaching degree. So um, yeah, it was sort of after that that I then went into doing a PGCE. But before I did a PGCE, I had to decide whether I wanted to teach a secondary or primary. So I went and taught unqualified for a year uh, at my old high school, um, teaching English. um, And it was an experience. (laughs) (laughs) So diplomatic. So diplomatic. Uh, Well, I went into primary, so maybe that says it all. I don't know. Um, (laughs) yeah, Yeah, long and short of it is I didn't go and become a secondary teacher I decided to train and do a PGC and become a primary school teacher instead um yeah no walls were punched in the making (laughs) of this teacher (laughs) (laughs) um so yeah and then um I did my training and then after that I got a job um at a school it took me quite a few tries to get a job took me quite a few tries to even get an interview I'm not counting, but it was probably about 15. So if you are still applying for a teaching job and you have not been successful, never fear. It will There's always eventually. one. There's always one, yeah. Keep plugging away. Keep going. Um, eventually, one will take pity on you. like they do. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take um, the pity. I'll take the pity right now, to be fair. I, I, I took it. Yeah, but, yeah, but Matt, you, you won't take the pity. You won't start applying until August anyway, because that's just how you are. I'll so. just be, you know, like at university where Last they just... Minute, Larry. You know, like on a uni where they come through clearing, that'd be me with jobs. <laughs> come through clearing, like, it's just like, yeah, yeah, I'll take one. I'll take anything, yep. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not don't that bad. I'm just, I'm just disorganised. That, that's, just, that's just how he operates. That, that's Matt's way of just being organised. That's just how he... I know. I've yeah, still got an assignment due in about two weeks. Sam completed about a month ago. I haven't even looked at mine yet. So don't worry. That's that's how we roll. That's the life we we live. We are so opposite <laughs> from each other. It's ridiculous. Right, yeah. It's... The yings, well, the, I, I the think I'm more of yang. a Sam. Yeah. <laughs> I think most people seem to be more of a Sam, weirdly <laughs> enough. It seems to be a common theme here. Every guest we get on, they're like, oh, yeah, I'm so organized, you know, applied early. Uh, I'm so prepared, you know, I've got my assignments done early doors and I'm just like, Christ, I'm doing something wrong here. <laughs> Everybody works their own way at the end of the day. Absolutely. I wait till August to apply for teaching jobs if I were you. <laughs> yeah, that's fine. I'm not that bad. I'll wait till about April. I'll give it to April. <laughs> yeah, you, might, you might be all right then. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Anyway, back to you. Um, enough of me, back to you. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so I taught at this school for uh, two years and two terms, just to be specific. Um, I started out in year three for my NQT year, um, and then my class were that class, which of course meant they were completely fine and everybody was being overdramatic about it, especially having come from secondary school where, you know, yeah, so... Real, real people need problems. To not say, yeah, people <laughs> need to not say that about primary school kids. Like, they're seven. How bad can it be? Come on, really. 
It's not that bad. I mean, this is true. Oh, it can, it can be bad. <laughs> it can be bad. <laughs> not as bad as a 16-year-old punching the wall. <laughs> yeah. That's quite scary. <laughs> um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah. And then I went and became a lead teacher in year two, the year after my NQT year, which was my complete and utter meltdown disaster year. Um, whereby I I really struggled in teaching in that year because I had an NQT in the other class with me. I was trying to sort of like lead a year group and even a key phase I've never taught in before. I'm not, I'm not a key stage one teacher. My hat goes off to all you key stage one teachers and reception teachers. Whoa, twilight zone down there. Um, I once walked through nursery and a child sneezed and it went everywhere and they looked at me. I was just like, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, this is not me. I am not that teacher. Your teacher's there. <laughs> I, feel, I feel like you're just, you're a special kind of person to do EYFS and, uh, me and too. reception. Like, you're wired differently. Like, honestly, yeah. like year, year one's a stretch, but oh, reception nursery, absolutely not. Yeah, That's... you won't find me there, that is for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I thought having my own child would make me think like, oh, I could do this. It's made me think, oh my God, how do they do this? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Had the opposite effect. <laughs> yeah, really did. Wow. These are hard work. Um, <laughs> but yeah, so um, that was a really difficult year for me and we were due offset at school and there was lots of like leadership things going on and, um, we had Mockstead. If you've ever had a joy of a Mockstead, it's worse than the actual Ofsted. So, um, and I got an unsatisfactory um, lesson grading. And to be honest, it really just killed me. That um, devastated me in my RQT year. And I struggled to bounce back from that. And I think it did take me quite a few years in the end to actually properly bounce back from that. Um, my class were beautiful. We did get the best stats results, just saying. But anyway, um, so then I carried my class up to year three. But by this point, I was so sort of downtrodden, as it were, mentally, that I decided that I needed to take a break, um, not from teaching, but like uh, move myself from the sort of situation and move to a different school. Um, also, I was commuting like half an hour plus uh, because it was in a place where traffic is horrendous. So... <laughs> <laughs> it, always feels like, it, it always feels longer when the yeah if it's a half an hour commute but if, it, if you're stuck in traffic yeah they or just... if people drive like maniacs in this place said place and yeah. also <laughs> as well and also as well if you're going to school and you're not enjoying you're not, it you're not enjoying yeah. it you, you're dreading it it's just the journey must just feel horrendous absolutely yeah. horrendous yeah um, it does. So, it's yeah. like driving to like I don't know. It's just like that mental thought of just like, I just don't want to be here. And the closer you get, the more like sort of depressed you get in a way. Sounds so... like the pit, mate. This is, this is, <laughs> this is what I experienced, mate. The pit. <laughs> this is a place that I don't ever want to go is the pit. You don't, so. No, <laughs> I've also been in the pit and you don't want to be in it. <laughs> Stop dragging me in the pit guys. I don't want to go. Okay. <laughs> <sighs> mate, I take one for the team every now and then. It's all right. I, I protect what you from team? the What team? What team? Do you just like sort of like crouch in a ball in it so he can like stand on you and walk over? He just goes, he just goes off the grid. He just goes off the grid for like a, a week or so. I just yeah, don't Matt, hear from him. Yeah, Matt is just looking at if, if I mean, to be fair, the podcast is the only way we communicate with each other. So yeah, that's what, that's what happens. Yeah. We used to like each other. Now it's just gone downhill since, since the podcast has started. It's just a purely professional relationship, isn't it, Matt? <laughs> 
That's why we'd be so good working together as teachers. The relationship would blossom because it's just oh god, you'd never get anything done, you two, would you? Hey, well, Sam well, would. We... Sam would. I wouldn't. Yeah. Well, to, be, to be fair, mate, we, we, we've got a successful podcast, so successful is debatable. But we we've got a podcast. We've got <laughs> a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you do consistent... well. I don't know. We've got a consistent podcast. We'll go. Yeah, that. that's it. That's that's the word. And yeah. that's uh, the nature of the beast, consistency, to be fair. I'm sure we'll circle back, but yeah. <laughs> we will, we will, no doubt. Uh, so, but um, yeah, anyway. so you, you, you were moving on to your, your new school. My next school, which was right around the corner from where I lived. And I was like, oh, winner. I can literally walk to school. I did that about five times. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I was like, oh, the commute time's gone. I'm going to have so much better work-life balance. It's going to be great. It wasn't great. Uh, long you know spoiler alert I stayed there for a year and a term and I really struggled there um it didn't help I actually started looking for jobs outside of teaching so it, it really wasn't the place for me either um and then my friend that I trained for my PGCE um met me at the pub for a drink I required oh, those pubs. <laughs> oh. oh no we missed them and you know oh, glasses of wine at the pub what's a pub <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I can't wait. I can't wait. Uh, and she said, "Come to my school. Give it a try. Don't give up yet. Uh, you know, give it, give it another go." So I went and looked around her school, and um, this is my current school, by the way. And um, it just has a kind of when, as soon as I walked in, I just felt the magic there. And it's definitely something I would recommend doing if you're sort of on the edge of thinking, "I don't want to teach anymore because I've been there." and um you know struggling at the school you're at go and look around other schools it's really important to look around because you will get a vibe you will get a feeling and um I just got that feeling the the magic of the place it's uh, synonymous and I absolutely loved it I went around again with the children in the building because I think that you know you've got to see the kids at the end of the day that's sort of what it's all about and I loved it even more and I've taught there ever since I taught in year four and then I moved to year six year five six and now I uh, last year not this year um I taught year four because I took over the phase leading of year three four so ergo I moved to teaching year four (laughs) Um, so yeah, um, and I did, um, the assistant head, um, just last year and then this year, but I've been on maternity leave, so it doesn't really count. And, um, I took over assessment lead a few years ago when I was teaching in year five, six. So I've been the assessment lead for like, this is my third year, although I'm on maternity leave, but yeah. Assessment lead. Wow. How how have they persuaded you to get that job? That's what I want to know. How have they broken into that? I don't, I don't know how it happened. I do like spreadsheets. (laughs) but not that much and (laughs) yeah it's not been too bad and then I do do things with literacy because obviously I'm an SLE that's a specialist leader in education I love teaching acronyms where everyone's like what does that mean but no one really (laughs) dares actually ask what that means but that's what that means um in reading so I do get to do a lot of stuff with literacy which is my passion I love reading it's like my bag um so we do like the book tunnel at school, which is the big main corridor that goes all the way through the building. And we do all the displays and set all the books out all fancy. You can see the um, pictures of it on my Instagram. You'll scroll back a bit that you can see them. And um, 
yeah, it's like my favorite place in school and I walk through it every day and it just makes me so happy. And it's so nice when we change it, even though it's like a mammoth job because there's 13 displays on that corridor and we change it once a term and um once a term christ <laughs> yeah it's epic we have a, a spreadsheet for who's going to do what and we um there's three of us that do it the current head um she was the literacy leader before my my work wife um she's the current literacy leader and me um and we do it between us basically and it's like my favorite job in the world even though it's like extra job and i literally spend my half terms or like to, you know like easter holidays and stuff like in school putting up a book tunnel it's it's worth it because the kids when they come back in they go oh, that noise the best noise ever the first day of term i'm on the corridor like yeah. what do you think <laughs> <laughs> waiting to come around the corner like. <laughs> waiting for the kids to come in like come uh, on what do you think yeah look at the books look at the stuff yeah <laughs> where um so, what about you just before you jump onto the next question sam you talked about that magic. What was it about the school um, that sort of brought that to you, that gave you that that lift? I don't know. I think it's a. It's, it really is like a feeling that you get when you look around a school. And the school that I left to go to my current school, when I walked around it, I remember leaving it and saying to my granddad who picked me up, um, it, it just felt dingy. It felt dark. It, it I, I got that vibe straight away. And even though I went to work there, really, my gut was telling me not to before I even did it. And then when I went there, I was just like, yes, I share your vision. I share your ideas. I I was just filled with this kind of drive and this kind of um, excitement again. And considering where I was at the time in my sort of mental state of, I want to leave teaching, like, sack this. To, to feel like that was just like this must be right. This is the right decision. I think you should just trust your gut, trust your gut instinct. You know, are you just going to the school to get a job, which yeah, that's okay to do. Like that's what I did to start with. I just got a job because you need a job, but then do look for the, the magic. If you don't, if you don't feel it, definitely go out and find it. Cause it's worth doing. I think a lot of, uh, we've found recently, Sam, haven't we, that uh, a lot of our guests have said that talk about uh, Martin Malone, when he was looking at jobs and doing supply, he said he got that feeling. You could tell what schools he liked. Uh, Katie Hemmings on the latest episode said exactly the same. Um, was that a school? Heather as well. Yeah, Heather yeah. as well. Exactly, Miss Activity. She said exactly yeah. the same. Um, so it's, again, you know, we're having conversations with different people in different walks of, of education, but, you know, it seems to be sort of key messages that keep recurring, um, which I think for trainee teachers is really important to hear. Yeah, definitely. And I think don't give up, you know, before you've done looking for that school, uh, you know, don't, don't, don't throw the towel in too easily. And I'm glad I didn't in a way because I would never have found my current school and never have regained that magic and that, you know, that passion again. And it would have been real sad. So, yeah. And I think it's quite easy for a lot of people, especially when they've had a couple of like difficult moments in their, their career to think, to start to think, oh, you know, what is this actually for me? Cause they're, that there is a lot of people that have maybe had like one experience or like two experiences and just gone, nah, I need to find something else. And it, it does very much boil down to the, the school that, that you're in. And if it like aligns with your values and your beliefs and how you think teaching should look. And I, and I do feel like at times like people panic when it comes to job searching and they, they, they get a job interview or 
they get an offer and they think, oh, I've got to take this when actually it might not be, and it might be actually detrimental to, to their career and, and their future. And, and I think people just got to look at it this way. Teachers are always going to be in demand. They're always going to be in demand because it's a staple in society. It's what, what we need essentially, if we're going to progress. And I, I just, I just think and there's a teacher tough. shortage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Yeah. And it's a tough yeah. profession. So people will always leave as well. Yeah. It is we'll tough. And I do get a lot of messages actually like, um, Oh, how, how, how many I've actually had a message recently. I won't reveal who, who sent it or anything. I can't actually remember, but it said, um, you know, Oh, how much does a, a teacher get paid? And I was like, oh, here we go. <laughs> so I sent them the NEWT like thing, you know, the pay scale thing. And I was like, there you go. Oh, so you can't be class teacher earning 55,000. I was like, <laughs> what world unless, are they living in? Not unless in? you're in the UAE. Oh, unless you're in Dubai. Probably yeah. not, to be honest. No. And, and, and based on this question line, I think you're probably thinking it's probably not for you. <laughs> Yeah, or man. other people that message me like, "Oh my god, I hear teachers get really great holidays," and I'm like, "Oh." I mean, admittedly, they are better than the they, average they, job. They they're great better. holidays. Yeah, yeah. You work for them. Re- probably not the reason. Yeah, probably not the reason to go. <laughs> go and see not the reason the holidays. No. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you've got you've got to get through the weeks to get to the holidays in the first place. It's not just yeah. a it's not just a year long holiday. <laughs> That last half term killed me. And like coming back that first week after the last half term, I was just like so behind on like this placement. I just felt awful. First like few days after half term, I just felt horrendous because I I'm, I just wasn't prepared. Like my, because I had an assignment to do, I was focused on that. So like, oh, you yeah, know, yeah, I'd yeah. literally done like, you know, a couple of days of planning. That was it. And so like, you know, it was kind of like living sort of like, night to night if do you know what I mean like yeah trying, I think yeah I think and it was one of the just... things you know if you don't get ahead and you feel like you're chasing your tail all the time yeah. oh, I, hate, I hate that <laughs> and I really I really as a as as we've spoken about someone that is pretty chilled and laid back and is happy to kind of take things late you know it really sort of hit me and I was just kind of like I, you know I can't live like this in terms of you know, when I'm, this is my class and when I'm, I'm taking charge, like I need to be ahead of the game. And that was kind of a, a bit of an eye opener for me, which I'm glad happened now. Cause if it happened in September, then I would be, I'd be yeah. in, I'd be in big trouble. Oh, yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I'm glad it happened now, but it's... I think especially when you're learning as well and you're sort of figuring things out, you can't really do things on the fly. Um, whereas because like, I'm not saying it's perfect, but, and I wouldn't do it. Obviously, you know, it stresses me out to not be prepared, but I can sort of do things on the fly. If I've like Mm. forgotten to print a sheet, I'm like, right, I'll whack these on the board, like, and I'll go with it. But I think when you're training and when you're learning, you really need those kind of like to be organized. So you feel, you know, that you've got that mental preparation for the lesson, not just like something's going to make you go, oh. Yeah, definitely. 100%. (laughs) So obviously we've, we've covered your your illustrious teaching career so far and <laughs> the, the, the years of experience that you have gained within education has obviously led you to being an assistant head. But obviously um, Instagram is something that's a big part in, in your life. And I'm just wondering, so when you started Instagram, was it always display orientated or was it something different uh, when you started it? Uh, no, so I... I so... <laughs> It actually started with, um, I started a home account for my new house, this house. Um, And I thought, 
you know, I was like trying to grow this home account and I was like a really into like home decor and all that sort of stuff because you, you know, it's like akin to displays in a way. Do you and, just have displays uh, around your house? I'm just interested. <laughs> no, just one display board for now. <laughs> for, for people that can't, for people that can't see this, but you will see it on Instagram. There is a display behind Lois right now, at home in her study, I assume, or bedroom. So that's the study, that's yeah. the love that's the love for displays right there. Yeah. <laughs> Got it. Um, what was I saying after? Oh yeah. So I um I thought, God, I'm spending all this time like taking photos for the this home account that I'm just trying to sort of step up and grow, if you like. Um, I spend most of my life teaching. Why don't I open a teaching account and you know save myself some time and cut out the middleman since I'm already at school? Um so yeah, it was always displays. If you scroll back on my account right, right to the bottom, I've not like deleted any of the original pictures or anything on there. And I think I started it right when I joined my new school or it was like the summer after I'd just started. So it was about three years ago. Um, school you're at and, now, yeah? Yeah, the school I'm at now. Yeah, so yeah. some only a few of the displays are from previous schools. Most of the displays are at my current school. And um, at first I wasn't really that into it. I, would, I just sort of posted a bit and I was just a bit like, nah, I'm just not feeling it. Like, um, And then like uh, a few months later, I decided to sort of put a bit more effort into it and sort of see where it could go really. And yeah, I guess it went. <laughs> I think that's, that's all you can say. <laughs> did, did you feel like when you were being consistent with your uploads of like displays, is that is that where you saw there was growth and did did you I mean obviously the position that you're in now did you ever think like it would be that successful it would leave lead to like these different avenues and opportunities that, that have arisen from the display lady um no when I first started I, the dream was like 10k I think that's everybody's dream because you get swipe up and it's like you like you feel like you've made it like it seriously does when you get it's a long way to go mate we got a long way to go you think that but it just happens all of a sudden it's i think the first sort of thousand or two thousand are the hardest followers to get because after that you kind of generate a bit more traction with more accounts sharing your account and sort of more interaction with others it sort of just springboards a bit more people can find you a lot easier but when you're a baby account instagram doesn't really recommend you that much doesn't put you on explore it doesn't you just kind of like this baby thing and they're like eh, it might turn out all right but I'm not going to put my eggs in that basket just yet and then when you start growing it just sort of it becomes a bit exponential like at the beginning I used to go on to other educators mostly American because when I first started there was not many um, British educators on Instagram or I couldn't find them and I used to like like their posts and leave comments um, I didn't say please follow me back They've never followed me back. It's fine. Um, but I found their posts inspiring and I looked at their feeds, the feeds that I found, uh, you know, to be ones that I wanted to look at and decide, you know, if you want to look at somebody's feed, then you should be thinking why and what can I do? So I found that, you know, I need to make my pictures brighter because at the beginning, if you scroll back on my account, they were kind of dark. I didn't bother editing them and, you know, just brightening them up a bit and things like that. And that can make a big difference. Um, I used to go on to people's pages, you know, like like their pictures, comment on their pictures, follow them. And if they wanted to, they, they could follow me back. They'd, it was a way to get your name into somebody else's 
you know, feed thing and they might say, oh, display lady, click. And then they might like what your feed's like and they might follow you back. And that's how I sort of started gaining some followers to begin with right, right at the beginning. It's instantly like, even though you are the display lady, the name itself is quite unique, even within the in, uh, w- even within the, the teaching grammar as it were because a lot of people are like or oh, mister or miss or becoming or learning you, you're the display lady and it, it is very much a niche and there's not I, I don't think I've ever, I don't think I've seen another account called the display I mean there might be one out there but obviously you take all the glory from that so but yeah <laughs> <laughs> the queen the queen of displays <laughs> I don't know. I th- I'm sure there was one called the Queen Display Something, and uh, Taylor messaged me saying, "Oh, have you seen this account?" I was like, "No," and they didn't have any displays on it, so I was really confused as well when I clicked on it. I was like, "It doesn't have displays, so I don't get it." Um, but that's another thing. Like, I knew I was gonna post about displays. I knew that that's what I was gonna yeah. be about, and. I think it's important to, and I still now, I, I don't like posting about other things unless it's, you know, sometimes I will, but I like to make things into a display because that is what I am about. When people come to my account, when people follow me, I want them to know that they are going to get display ideas, display posts, you know, mm. because that's what I, that's what I'm about. That's what they signed up for, essentially. Um, I watched, I can't remember what her name is. Um, she's like an old entrepreneur um, on YouTube. And she was like, you know, you need to get your niche. And then eventually you branch out from your niche a little bit. So at the beginning on my account, it's only displays. It's only very recently, sort of the last year that I've posted other things than displays because of that reason because now people are kind of interested in me as a person which is really weird because my post with me and my baby gets like 800 likes and I'm like but my really good post the other day only got 200 and it was what so yeah this was this was relevant to the classroom this is not come on guys like this is why you're following me (laughs) so yeah what we're doing people do get kind of like attached to you. And I think that's sort of come from um, YouTube as well and filming videos. People feel like they they sort of know me because I speak to them like through the video, even though I'm talking to myself really. But um, yeah, I think that's sort of come from that. And then then you can kind of branch out from your niche. But I think at the beginning of your gram account, keep to to what your niche is because there's accounts out there and, I like the people, don't get me wrong. And I follow a lot of them because I, you know, I, I like the people, but really it's not a sort of an inspirational account to me because it's full of random pictures of somebody's life. And it's not, it's not sort of what I am looking for in, in Instagram. Like I also want to be inspired by stuff on Instagram. So, you know, I like to follow accounts where I'm like, Ooh, that's a really good idea. Or, oh yeah. I really like that. I've just I've just written down a load of notes in regards to what we could do for our podcast account uh, podcast account, but I've actually crossed them all out because I've got it. Matty, we're going to adopt a baby and just have pictures of me, me and this adopted me and you with this adopted baby. Oh yeah, I was going to say what? Just you and him? No, no, no. no. Me, me, Thanks, me, 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 me and you with, with, with this adopted baby, and we'll just advertise our uh, our, our new episodes through the baby, Around guaranteed that, yeah. a thousand uh-huh. likes, and we'll, and we'll get That's to a million K dollar idea. <laughs> we'll get to 10k by the end of the year lad don't you worry about that Christ. i'll get the papers sorted i can I mean, barely, I can barely manage my education that. time yeah 
I can barely manage my teaching time, never mind uh, adopting a child alongside as well. So I feel like that could be slightly out of reach, mate. We'll um, go alternate weekends, babe. We'll go for the courts and stuff. It's all right, mate. Don't worry cheer, about it. Cheers, pal. Cheers, mate. Good, good, good to know. Um, but yeah, it's, you know, what you say is true. It is about finding that inspiration. Um, and I think that's why we, you know, we came across your account because we felt that, like, you, you know, we've openly spoken that. It's an area that we are, well, would openly say pretty weak at. Um, and to be fair. Yeah, no, it's not really. It's just it's just not in me, to be honest with you. Like, I just don't have that creativity. Um, and, you know, for you, is that what drove you to the displays? Is it just your sort of natural love for creativity, your natural love for, you know, English and literature and reading, like you said? That- yeah, I, th- I think it was really. And yeah just really enjoy sort of doing something different making it really sort of out of the box sort of wow and pushing pushing it forward really like um I know a lot of people are bound to kind of their school policy so I'd always say you know to um trainees or teachers looking at uh, a new school or looking for their setting up their classroom in the summer check your display policy before you start um so my school before my current one you had to double mount everything dear god I hated it why why such a waste of paper it drives me mad like no so really that should have been my second clue shouldn't it the vibe and double mounting should have it should have been it but no exactly Um, exactly But yeah, no, my current uh, display, literally the display policy, and I get asked this question every year at the staff quiz at the beginning of the year is, I, I have to answer it, of what is the display policy? And the display policy is there is no display policy. Just make it look pretty. I can that follow that. display kind policy of. for me. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, do check your display policy because you may have to have certain displays like working walls and things like that. So always start with your policy. <laughs> But yeah, for me, it's always just been about being creative with the displays, um, obviously putting up the kids' work. That's something that I, it makes me sad. And sometimes people comment about it and I'm like, when I do my displays here at home, um, because I have to do that now, um, I don't have children's work, which is really sad. And people are like, well, let's not get any children's work on it. And I'm like, yeah, but it's not just a school, is it? It's in my office. I don't have. Why, why don't you get people? Work? Why don't you get people to send it? You should get people to send in pictures. Just get people. To yeah, send please in submit pictures. things example, for my next yeah. display. I'm doing an Easter display soon, guys. If you want to, I'll get a PO box. People would actually do that, you know. People would do that. Scan it across. <laughs> Scan it across. You can print it out. Bang it. Laminate it. Bang it up on there. Job done. There you Gosh. go. Problem solved. <laughs> Right, I know my next avenue for my account now. Thanks, guys. Yeah, see, we will we will be taking uh, some sort of yeah, yeah, invoice income in, yeah, endorsement from that. But yeah, no, I definitely didn't see my uh, account going where it where it's gone with regards to the sort of like stuff and um, brand working with that I do now. I was really excited at the beginning to like work work with brands and things, and it was like I'm I'm still excited now. I'm not just like, oh, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, at the beginning, it was a bit like me, really? And now I'm a bit like me. Oh, yay. <laughs> Rather than completely meltdown. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. And that leads quite nicely into the next question. It's like you already knew what was, was coming next, Lois. So, um, so, so when, professional, when... it's a professional setup here, Sam. What do you expect? What do you expect, mate? We need to do things professionally, yeah. 
<laughs> so obviously when did the partnership and collaboration with the positive teaching company start and when did the other uh, branding aspects come into obviously the display lady as well uh, so the first so I guess I'll start at the beginning with the first sort of uh, brand deals that I did um, was with Otto Storage and um, oh gosh, it's called Learning Resources UK. Thank God I didn't get baby brain then. Um, <laughs> they were sort of the first two, and I've been doing my account um, for like a year by then. Um, and it was the year when I sort of did my whole classroom setup thing, um, sort of like when the things really started taking off a bit more. Um, and I did like some STEM stuff for them. And um, yeah, they were kind of like the beginnings really. And I was so excited because like anybody giving you something for your class, for your children, it's it's amazing as a teacher because on the displays, um, you see a lot of sort of like the wow factor, but that doesn't come from school. You know, you get your display paper and your borders and that's it. And I'm just not willing to... Uh, compromise on my vision shall we say so I have to uh, so I spent a bit of money don't look in my garage whatever you do right now <laughs> um <laughs> I brought it all home when I was on I went on maternity leave and oh my god husband are we happy <laughs> I have a lot of stuff I was like please please don't look in the garage and he's like why and I'm like because you can't get in there so <laughs> all my stuff's in there um I've since organized it but anyway yeah, so that was sort of the beginning of the brand deals. And then I've done brand deals with um, stationery companies, Ryman, Mr. Wonderful. Um, I can't think of the other one's called, which is really bad of me. My brain is not working. Never mind. And uh, Cricket recently as well, which was really exciting because it's like Cricket, like, wow. Or Cricket, however cricket. you pronounce it. I was like, say, who's Cricket? cricket? What's Cricket? Yeah, cricket. like the cutting machine. There's the little one there. My other one's here. You can't see it. And it's oh, I thought you meant like some sort of like sponsorship of like free tickets or something for like cricket and stuff. Oh, I, was about no. to, I was about to get cover You're such a out. boy. <laughs> all, the te- got- all the teaching ladies out there are like, you didn't know what cricket was? Yeah, no, that's I'm not going to be good for the fans, I thought we were going to get free tickets You think I'm going to 2020? <laughs> yeah, I'm hopping around the corner to head in this day, do you? Well, that's, I got excited. I was like, oh, take me with you, please. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I feel like I'm actually raging. I'm actually whole, fuming. This whole question now. <laughs> and that, unfortunately, uh, is the end of the podcast episode. <laughs> yep. Cheers, Lois. Thanks for coming. Uh, if you want to see her, then you can find her at Display Lady. Bye. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Not at the cricket. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, um, then obviously like lockdown came and everybody had kind of more time on their hands because uh, wave one of lockdown teaching wasn't that kind of intense like it has been uh, since. Yeah. Um, so I sort of, um, plus I was pregnant, so there's no drinking involved. Um, <laughs> it's pretty boring. Um, so I decided to make my own display packs, which you can get on my TES store. And um, I really enjoyed creating them. I spent like my evenings doing it and I did the displays to show them off, blah, blah, blah. And I sort of was thinking like, oh, wouldn't it be really cool if the Positive Teacher Company planners had displays to go with them? Like, oh, yeah, that'd be really exciting. And then I sort of, um, so Rachel and I have been friends on the gram since the the beginning. (laughs) Um, So she sort of positive teacher company sort of started at the same time as I did on the gram and um 
we just were sort of friends. We'd chat on, you know, on the messaging thing and we'd just kind of support each other. She'd be, you know, say, oh, this, you know, this is really burn or I'm struggling with this. Or, and I'd be like, oh, you know, cheer her up and things. And she'd do the same for me. So we were really good friends. And I decided um, one day I was like, what have I got to lose by asking her about it and seeing what she thinks about doing like a collaboration? And um, yeah, so I, I messaged her and she was like, um, what about like kind of working for us and like coming on board? And I was just like, uh, what about, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that, then it was kind of born really. And um, yeah, we bounce off each other really well. And um, it's great to kind of like have an outlet, more of an outlet for that creativity, especially now I'm on maternity leave. Cause I, I do find that, you know, your days with a baby are not the same as your days at school. <laughs> and it's nice to have um, some time being creative and uh, sort of releasing that part of myself um, mm. a little bit more. Um, so yeah, it's really great. And I've really enjoyed working with her and I'm still obviously working with her. So um, yeah. yeah, I love it. And, and for, for people like maybe like ourselves or um, that don't follow you or just listen to the podcast that um, kind of don't have that creative side to us and, you know, we're not, uh able to think of these ideas ourselves what what sort of are you and the positive teacher company working on or have been working on and, and kind of what what the benefits of people like me and sam for example coming to you guys to to use your use your resources use your displays do you know what i mean yeah so well i always do the sort of mock display um which is done here in my office this is ink behind me, the remnants of I've been faffing about. But anyway, so I always do like the mock-up to show like what you can do with the different, um, disp- what you could make it look like, you know, how you can put the labels and things like that. But we've sort of gone a step further this time and coming out in April is um, some blog posts that are going on TPTC Classroom, which is the website that I kind of run in a way that has the um, display sets on it. And the blog posts will sort of detail different ways you can use the labels so um say you were talking about the um tolsby frame labels which is like those little frames you get from ikea that stand up and i put together like a suggestion list and images of different ways you can use them in your classroom so for example like group lists or return book here signs or you know uh, times tables in the middle of the table or have you remembered your full stops capital letter like checklist so it's like all of those like giving you all these ideas of how you can use your labels differently or in ways you've not thought of to help organize your classroom and um, obviously help your children as well so I think that's really important and that's part of why I love having an organized classroom is so the children can find things and get things and they don't have to come to me like where are the scissors like they should know where the scissors are because everything's labeled and you know you just look at the label Mm -hmm. (laughs) the year fours can read the label scissors so we're all good (laughs) (laughs) what about year one and two what you got anything for us (laughs) pictures put, put, put pictures on your labels I've got yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's what we want. Where will people be able to sign up for this when it gets released in, in April? Uh, so it'll just come out and I'll post about it on my um, feed and stories and you'll be able to just swipe up. But it's all on the TPTC classroom, um, classroom inspiration section. And I put um, inspiration for each display pack on there. And then obviously the uh, inspiration and ideas for the labels will be coming soon after all the other 
packs have been sort of displayed, if you like. I'm excited. I feel like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel like... I feel like you've done mine and Sam's job for us come September. You know, I feel like I'm just going to raid TPTC and that's it. So, <laughs> I kind of feel I... like that's like my job on Instagram is like to sort of inspire people to create displays that are more out there. Like my head said to me um, about my current school, she said that the other teachers in the school had upped their game on displays because of sort of just me just doing my thing they got ideas um I loved it over the summer like the first day back this year and the reception team came running up through school to ask me to come and look at their fan border that they created and put all the way around their door and they were really excited about it and we did a little uh the year before we did a little tutorial and we all sat in the corridor of EYFS again folding the paper fans so they could make it like a tree and it's just really nice and they've Mm. all been really supportive at school so it's just it's just so lovely and I love when people tag me in their displays and they're like oh I used your fan border and it was great and I'm just like yeah I love it it looks so much better it's great just something simple can really make something that's really kind of boring look wow and just 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 before Matty goes on to the the questions that some of the questions we've got from Instagram as well obviously you are on maternity right leave right now and you've had all these other opportunities to work with the positive teaching company are you in a bit of a dilemma when you have the opportunity to go back full time or are you not saying anything just in case your head might be listening and she'll be like yeah she's not coming back <laughs> yeah see ya uh, so my uh, my I'm on maternity leave I'll be on maternity leave my plan was to go back in May but I have already spoken to my head she already knows I'm not coming back until you know this year basically so that's already decided so she won't be shocked at that <laughs> uh, and then <laughs> and then yeah next year just kind of we're just playing by ear at the moment and I will once plans are set in place um sort of let everybody know what's happening and things but you know I think a lot of people are kind of disappointed in a way that my vlogs will probably no longer be happening and I can't post displays from school anymore and and that's an agreement that I've made with school. So I would just say to people out there that are posting about their school and their class and things, just to um, sort of ask your school a little bit and have a conversation with them. Um, because technically, as a teacher, everything that you create and produce is belongs to your school. Mm-hmm. Um, so we decided together that we we're going to sort of draw a line and... Um, then school can't kind of claim display lady as it were which is possible so do um you know word of caution to everybody with a teacher account you know just be careful what you post in a way because technically school can claim it as, as theirs and the more That's sort of brand that. stuff yeah the more brand <laughs> yeah. stuff I was doing the more I was like yeah actually I need to make this separate because you know it's it's sort of become its own entity as well. So it's, yeah. So every display you'll see from now on will be done in my study, most likely. So sorry, everybody, if that's sad, but you know, I'll do my best to make it good. <laughs> good thing for us, Sam, is no one, want to, no one will want to claim the teacher of tomorrow. So it's absolutely fine, mate. We'll, we'll be okay. <laughs> no claiming going on over here. Um, you know, before, before we jump onto the question, I just want to go back quickly to the kind of creativity, but you talked about how, um your displays had a really positive impact on the staff around you in your school and the SLT in terms of sort of driving their creativity do you think that that just shows how powerful displays can be in terms of in the school environment not just with and not just with teachers but also with the children do you feel like I know we obviously talk about it as kind of a small trivial thing but 
you highlighted how impactful it could be um, as a whole school approach. So do you feel like, you know, from your experience that the, the kind of, if, if they're used in the right way and used to kind of their full potential, that it can have a really sort of positive impact throughout the, the school sort of ethos? Yeah, 100% do. I know people, it's kind of hotly debated. Um, I know that people think that display should be kind of calming and neutral, but I think I would literally scratch my own eyes out if I had to have Hessian everywhere. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, it's just, I just don't like Hessian. It's itchy, it's weird. Anyway, but yeah, I do. I think they should be, to, for me personally, display should be useful or they should be awe-inspiring and celebratory of the children's work or i.e. the book tunnel, should make the children go, oh my God, wow, I might like that. I might be interested in that. That's really exciting. Um, So like, you know, they they might not have thought of reading a book about, I won't say Horrid Henry because... About Red Horrid Henry. Thousands of those. <laughs> Red Horrid Henry today, actually. Kids absolutely loved it. <laughs> yeah, but we, uh, so the idea then would be okay, what's like Horrid Henry that we could recommend to these children so that they're reading more of the things that they like as well, not just Horrid mm-hmm. Henry, but also, you know, uh, Dirty Bertie or whatever the other ones that are that are similar. Um, so that's kind of the point of the book tunnel in a way. It's, um, it's showcasing themes and ideas and authors so that the children get a more of a breadth of their reading. So it's not just a pretty display about the sea. It's all the books about the sea, about, you know, um, not just stories books, but also like um, information books, nonfiction, um, because some children don't like stories, but they really like to find out facts and they'll tell you 10,000 of them. So there you go. <laughs> me, me I'm a, I am that guy. I'm that guy. I'm that kid. <laughs> yeah and so like that's the kind of the point of the display to me or it's you know you work in wall where you need the children to refer to it or you know we have the phonics freezers around our school I need the children to refer to it I, I refer to it so I need it there on display um or it's like you know you you finished a topic or a theme and you are going to um sort of display what a great job your class has done on this piece of writing or you're starting a topic and you want to immerse the children in, you know, the Vikings so that they can sort of try to understand and take that kind of atmosphere into their sort of learning. Um, So I did immersive learning at my first school and I absolutely love doing that. So you do the entire classroom in the theme of whatever it was you were studying. So if you see my Alice in Wonderland post early on in my grade, that was an immersive so we did everything sort of Alice in Wonderland themed it was all sort of Lewis Carroll and you know all the maths was through it I wouldn't necessarily recommend trying to make everything fit a theme because I think it can become a bit cliche and a bit like forced but it I loved it I loved doing it so <laughs> I think I think even though I'm obviously me me might have joked about our creative spark I, I do completely and utterly agree with everything that you said in, in regards to the displays like for me for example because I ha- I've had a nosy on like your account and stuff and I've seen the displays and I just think for the children going back to school and stuff and, and if you have like an unreal display like even on in like the corridors or like the entrance to the school the kids are just gonna be absolutely buzzing and I feel like from from my experience as well there's there's such this debate around displays like like you were saying and i've seen some classrooms where they've just got displays in the classroom for the sake of it and every inch is covered in writing in work and it just it doesn't help the children in fact as well like i've been in the room and i i've just got a headache because i'm like i actually can't concentrate here 
Like some yeah. of the best best classrooms that I've seen is the immersive ones that you've seen because it's just like wow, this is like incredible. Or actually, the working wall displays or like dis- displays that are just simple and actually aid the children as well. And I and I do think that that displays can help children learn greatly and actually help help them like become really into their learning as well, rather than just being like, oh, Alice in Wonderland. If if you actually get them to be part of it, then yeah, a hundred percent like like you like you said that they're, they're going to take to it. And if you're sort of putting your best effort, like I always say, I want I want the best effort out of the children. I don't accept anything less and I don't accept anything less from myself either. So if they've put the time and effort into doing a baller piece of work and a great piece of writing and they've tried really hard, then I should celebrate that and I should put some damn effort into what that looks like on my wall as well and make them yeah. proud that that's on mm. there and they've did a great job. I think it's just getting them to buy into it as well, isn't it? And I think it just yeah. builds, it, it all kind of ties in with that working relationship um, as yeah. a class and a teacher. And again, just getting them to enjoy, enjoy being in their learning environment and working in that learning environment. And yeah, I think it's, it, it's one of them topics where you, on the outside, you, you look into it and think it doesn't really, you know, you can't really link it to much, but actually when you get down to it and you talk about creativity, how it inspires, you know, you talk about the topics, how it inspires children to immerse themselves in topics, how it inspires teachers to put their best foot forward and, and show, you know, really positive examples to their children. You talk about all these things and suddenly you're getting a whole different conversation entirely, not, you know, rather than just uh, talking about what, I don't know, what tiles you're going to use on your display or whatever, or what paper you're going to use. Do you know what I mean? Like there's so yeah. much more, so many, it's so layered. Excuse I the find... pun, but it's, so, <laughs> it's so much more layered um, than you would think. Yeah, I also find in terms of like sort of setting up your classroom, if, if it's the first time you've ever done it, and even if it's not the first time you've ever done it, but for me, it's, it's sort of you should put that effort into setting up your classroom. You should make sure things are labeled. You should make sure it's as organized as you can make it. You know, it's got to work for you at the end of the day. It's got to be functional. It's got to be usable. But if you take pride in it, if you've put the effort into setting it up and making it look good, then the children look after it so much better and they like to keep it organized and they can take some pride and sort of respect their classroom as well. Whereas if things are all over the place and there's not really a place for that, or, you know, we just put that there or it doesn't really matter if the pencils aren't in that part, they can be on the floor. It's just, it, it doesn't promote a good habits for the children it doesn't help them sort of be responsible but at the same time it it doesn't teach them respect for their environment so I think that it it does mean a lot more it isn't just making something look pretty it's also making it functional making the children feel that they're you know value in their classroom and that their value their things have value and I think that's really important and yeah completely agree and that's you know exactly what we've been saying um and in terms of you mentioned trainee teachers, you said about, you know, the the advice they've just given, you know, what are kind of your top tips for trainees going into their NQT job, um, you know, going into their classroom for the first time, um, kind of the excitement of having a blank canvas and, and all that, um, you know, what are your top tips for, for people like ourselves? <laughs> so exciting. Um, 
Yeah, it is it's such an exciting time, but I'd really say try not to sort of jump the gun. You need to know what your class, which classroom it is first. So I always get so many messages sort of when people start getting their um, their NQT jobs and they're like, what can I do? And I'm like, well, do you have a class list? No. Do you know what your classroom looks like? No, nothing then, <laughs> to be honest. Without a class list and knowing what your classroom looks like, you, you can't really start. But I would say once you've got your class list, I would sort of ask your school about book labels and things like that because that's a mammoth job if you've got a label you know uh 30 books times five subjects you know um so you know find out how the school label their books and do that job you know you can create your tray labels and all things like that when you've got a class list you can set up your kind of assessment records ready you know writing all the kids names in you'll always get an extra one it'll always mess up your alphabetizing trust me um and then oh. when you when you know your classroom layout, you can sort of decide how you're going to store the children's books. Are you going to use, I use magazine files because I find it easier to kind of pick out each group and just put it on the table rather than having a big pile and having to be like, well, you're over there and you're over there. I ain't got time for that. You know, I'm trying to give the books out and go pick the kids up from the playground. I need to just go bang, 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 done. Not 30 times, you know, five times is sufficient. So I like to organize them like that. But think about that, you know, have you got big, deep bins or, you know, how are you going to store them, basically? Um, and then think about, you know, are the children going to have their own trays, if they've got their own lockers. So at my school, they each have a locker. They'll fight over which one they're going to get. So make sure you label them before they come in. Stops that. <laughs> and, uh, you know, where they're going to sit, seating plans. I always tell, uh, you know, I change my seating plan so many times until I get it perfect um, because it's logistics and it's important. And people are like, you you've changed the seating plan again. I'm like, yes, because I wasn't happy with that. And that person was on the wrong table and they spoke to them and that was getting on my nose. So yeah, it's important. All that kind of stuff, thinking about it, ask the previous teacher, if you're not sure where to sit the kids, they know them best. They've just taught them for a year. They probably have a good idea who's going to have uh, an argument with who. Um, mm. So yeah, think about that. Like what, um, what displays then that you, you need to create because I'd be creating the titles for them, you know, cutting laminating them if you're going to keep them a long time i don't laminate things that i'm not going to keep because it's a waste of plastic so only laminate where you're going to keep um and it obviously takes double time um so yeah uh, do check your display policy do you need a working wall an english working wall we have a top spot display so it, it features the writing every single week of the best of the best so it has to be kind of generic but you know space for me to change the children's work so you know, that sort of defines one of my displays. Um, you know, do you know what your first text is, your first literacy topic, your first topic in general? Do you need to create a display for those things? So you can start generating ideas. Pinterest is a great place if you're really creatively challenged to create a board for each of your boards and find whatever other people have done out there and sort of get yourself a bit inspired, give yourself some ideas because, you know, it can be a bit daunting looking at a blank usually very messy classroom and thinking, oh my God, what am I going to do? Because for me, I've changed classrooms every year of my job. And every time I inherit a classroom that is a mess and I have to sort it out. And I think, how, how did it get this messy? <laughs> I'm not, I'm, like I say, it's, it's really good advice. And I'll be definitely uh, using a lot of that, especially when it comes to magpie and 
magpie and ideas and stealing ideas off people i feel like at the start i'll uh i'll need that encouragement <laughs> you've definitely, definitely. magpied that word as well mate i've never <laughs> heard you heard, heard you say the word i think I heard, I heard i heard it at school this week and it stuck with me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah my first my, school was like magpie that idea magpie that idea yeah. uh, it sort of like faded out of my vocabulary a little bit but yeah i used to say it a lot <laughs> i know yeah I've, I've chucked it back in there to be fair but it's true. And on the seating thing, I've literally experienced this over the last two weeks with my, my class that I've had. Just, uh, yeah, children, like you say, not getting on or getting on too well, um, you know, distracting others. So, yeah. It's really important because you know, you've got to find that really balance important. between behavior management and also if you want in the ability or not, like, do you want the children, well, attainment, do you want the children organized where you can work with this group, but then you're going to leave a group over there. They're really chatty and you're not going to actually get anything done because you're just going to keep telling them to stop talking. So it's really, a, a the seating plan's really important. <laughs> yeah, no, it really is. I've, like I say, even in two weeks, I've noticed that. So I think it's quite exciting. I like the seating plan changing. <laughs> I like mixing them up. They when love it, it when they come in and you've moved them and they're like, oh, yeah. where's my new seat? <laughs> they were, I was actually like, right, you're over there, you're over there, you're over there. They were like, they were like, why? I was like, just because I want to. Sorry. And they were just like, oh, okay. And then they went off, <laughs> trotted, trotted off with their little books in their hand. I was just like, the 10, minute, 10 minutes later, they're fine. You know, they're just like. They're resilient, they aren't they? Yeah. They just, they <laughs> just great. Especially when they're in year two. They're like, what, six, seven? So they're just like, okay. <laughs> off they go, a little smile on their face. Um <laughs> But yeah, no, it's fantastic advice, like I say, for for trainees like ourselves. Um, and you know, no doubt me and Sam will be will taking a little many of that, many of them suggestions on board. So yeah, thank you for that. Um we mentioned we had a couple of questions in now. One of them was basically talking about, you know, your passion for displays, where that's come from. But I think we've kind of we've cleared that up with the creativity and it being innate in your personality. I think we we know where that's come from. But uh one of them actually was a really good question was um how did you find being both assistant head and a class teacher at the same time? Yeah, so it is a good question. It, and really hard is the answer. Um, mm. So at my school, assistant heads are full-time class teachers. We don't get, um, you know, like a day out or, you know, half a day or whatever. Some schools, you do get that at my school. We don't, we're full-time class teaching. And yeah, it's really hard because often, you know, my corridor, I might have some display, uh, display. <laughs> display on the mind (laughs) I have some behavior things that I need to deal with but then I've got to kind of make sure my class is sort of settled and under control before I can go and deal and help the other teachers with whatever issue they might have um I've got to kind of make sure I'm prepared and I'm organized but I also need to keep an eye on the other two classes and make sure they're organized and they're on track for everything and check on their work because at the end of the day it's like kind of on my head be it in a way if I've not noticed something or if I've not explained properly to my team what what exactly is the outcome of this um so yeah it is stressful and um then obviously there's like the extra meetings so slt meetings and we do um at our school because we're um part of a sistership of schools a group of schools whatever um we do a super slt so it's all the slts from the three schools um and we all get together and sort of we do things like um we'll look at the topic books from all three schools across the entire schools and so uh 
you kind of it's kind of laid bare then and then it's my responsibility if my phase is uh you know topic work is not up to scratch or you know what have they been doing in maths why is their presentation wildly different than the other year for's why a presentation and things like that you know what have you done to make sure like handwriting's my thing and um what have you done to get such great handwriting well i'm a whinge bag and I do handwriting <laughs> every day so um but it gets some good handwriting so uh yeah and then sort of like sort of it's collaborative and you're sharing ideas but at the end of the day you do feel like that sense of my phase needs to be good enough and it needs to be you know the kids need to be showing progress and their work needs to be up to par really so yeah is is kind of stressful and you do feel like that extra layer of responsibility it's not you've got to look outside your own classroom and I think until you've been teaching quite a while and you're confident in um in your own classroom and you can kind of do it sort of standing on your head in a way um I don't think that being an assistant head would be a good idea I thought when I was an NQT it would be a great idea to be an assistant head really early and I'd be the youngest assistant head and wouldn't that be great no no it was a stupid idea and I'm glad it never happened because <laughs> I would have just completely drowned faster um because I wasn't ready to look outside my own classroom I wasn't ready to you know do my own classroom standing on my head and help others as well and develop other other teachers and support them when they're having the crisis when they're in the pit when they're struggling when you're trying to you know and this uh, you know I won't mention who but like this has happened like you know consoling other teachers that are having their struggles and and geeing them through it and saying it will you know it'll get better at seven o'clock at night when you know you know you've got a mountain of marking to do yourself it it is just part of the job you know your team has to come first um so it's a, it's a sacrifice of your time as well. And just quickly, you know, before we round up, again, ignore the pit comment because we're not going in the pit. No one's going <laughs> back in the pit, I can promise you. All right, that's one thing this podcast is going to do. It's going to keep people out of the pit. Uh, but but uh, in terms of the impact on your class, do you feel like it has a negative impact with you being assistant head, not in terms of you personally and your teaching ability, but I mean, you know, having to juggle, you know, all the extra responsibilities alongside it. Do you feel like it maybe does detract from the, you know, your time in the classroom and the kids are actually in your class? No, because I always put them first. And I think that's still really important. Like the fact that I'm, I'm a person, you know, I believe leadership should be lead by example. So therefore my class has to come first in a way because their, their outcomes are, are important as just as important as the other two classes. And if I don't show the best presentation, the best, you know, handwriting or, you know, the right way that I've taught the literacy lesson, then I can't really show my other team like, oh, I did it this way. Or, you know, I can't really expect to be a leader without, first sort of leading by that example and being that yeah. thing that I'm preaching if you like preaching you know I don't really like to preach but I like to be able to say you're struggling teaching phonics come and watch me teach phonics you know you don't really get how you're supposed to teach this come and watch me do it you know I think it's been able to do that and I think until you've been teaching a while and you know I've been teaching at this my school for like four years now so I, I know the kind of way because every school's got their own sort of way that they do things and they like to teach mm. it this way and until you sort of been at a school a while as well like you wouldn't know that so you know now I have teachers from other schools in the trust coming to my classroom I think I had like 
15 adults at one point in the room and I had the smallest classroom ever last year and uh, yeah all these adults and um yeah it's just kind of you just have to be at that point in your career I think where you feel that you could welcome people in and feel like you could say come see how I do it you know I can help you yeah and I suppose that's yeah like I say you know it comes to comes to that leading by example doesn't it um you know you can't expect your your teachers and your colleagues to be you know performing at such a high level if you're not doing the same so yeah no just wanted to just wanted to to ask really because following on from the question because I think it's you know yeah. so difficult juggling both it's difficult juggling one never mind yeah. the it, rest, it's not so. it's not easy don't get me wrong it's really not <laughs> quite, quite uncommon that to be fair the fact that your assistant yeah. assistant heading still got full-time class time I think a lot of I think a lot of people worry as soon as they go up the SLT ladder they lose that contact time with with mm. the kids and, and the class and I think it's one of my fears as well because obviously I've got ambitions to to go SLT I don't want to lose that time in the classroom with the kids or or being a teacher essentially because that's why why we go into the profession in in, in the first place just yeah. go into SLT and then go to lecture and that's what I'm going to do and then you, you don't, you're out of the school then so it's not too bad I don't, don't I you need like a PhD it... to lecture no you oh, gotta get yeah. masters. You gotta get masters, and then oh. you gotta get PhD after. Don't worry, I've got the I've got the career path all planned <laughs> out. Don't worry about that. Um, no, I think um, sometimes SLT can leave the classroom, and then that should kind of lose a bit of touch of like how difficult that might be to to pull off. You know, these ideas that SLT sometimes pass along the grapevine, mm-hmm. and you think, how in the hell am I going to do that? You know, at least yeah. you know that. Like for me, I- I've accepted this challenge from the SLT meeting, I'm going to have to do it myself. So I, you can guarantee I'm not going to say, yeah, that's a great idea if I don't think it's a great idea. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it keeps it, you know, keeps relevant. It grounded, you know, yeah. yeah, you know kind of what the kids need because you're there, you're there every day. So yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, and that's probably why you're doing such a great job, obviously. <laughs> so yeah, um, this is Lois. It's been an absolute pleasure to get you on tonight um, and have a chat with us, you know, found out way more than I thought we would do about displays to be honest with with you and uh, you know just how much they can bring out creativity how they can support you know a child's learning how they can inspire fellow colleagues around you Um, and yeah just a lot of a lot of really good ideas so you know if people do want to get in touch with Lois as I say uh, at display lady is obviously her her handle Uh, if you want to get in touch with us at the teacher of tomorrow of course do follow us do please go and chuck us a little rate and review after this episode Uh, means of the huge amount to us just helps us with our with spreading the word um and you know you get to listen to great people like lois that come on to our podcast so you know like i say it's been an absolute pleasure to get you on tonight um i'm sure sam will, will follow on from me but yeah for me lois it's been brilliant to talk to you and brilliant to connect so thanks for coming on thank you for having me it's been lovely yeah, really appreciate you coming on and yeah like matt said learned a lot about like the little things of setting up for a classroom for our hopefully our NQT in September and yeah how how important a role displays actually uh have on children and like you said it actually raises the standards of schools as well because the teachers up their game as well which is quite interesting in itself but yeah um, absolute pleasure having you on and yeah look forward to the future uh, and what (laughs) April brings in regards to what you're releasing with the, the positive teaching company as well yeah how exciting thank you so much uh, for having me no worries no it's been a pleasure we'll be expecting our freebies chucked in the post whenever you are ready okay (laughs) (laughs) cheers guys thanks for listening thank you 
To get in touch with us following the latest podcast episode, head over to at the Teachers of Tomorrow on Instagram or over on Twitter via at TFT Pod.